the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dear heart, we are here for the work of God, no matter what it means to us personally. And let's bind our hearts in that kind of solidarity and not worry about the personal outcomes that we face. Because we have been placed here for the mission and call of Jesus Christ and nothing less than that. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today on Reaching Your Heart, Pastor Michael Oxentenko will conclude The Great Adoption. That's The Great Adoption, and you can find it online if you've missed any portion of this broadcast at reachingyourheart.com. Let's get underway now. Here's our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. The prophet Jeremiah cried out that we have become orphans without a father, and Isaiah declared that unto us a son is given, and he will be called Everlasting Father. I mean, something special is happening in the Incarnation. God with us is more than the gift of a son who is a brother. God with us means we are no longer crying out for a father too. There is an orphan in all of us, and God is a father of the fatherless. When I was in seminary, I almost adopted a young boy. It didn't work out. My wife and I had no children. We were seven years into our marriage, and we were thinking of adopting him. He was a teenager. I'd gone fishing with him at the theological seminary, and we would take weekends off together, and I would go with other children and kind of as the youth pastor of the church I was assigned to. And one day, as we had relocated, he came to our home for what was being planned as a pre-visit for adoption. And he ran away. He was approaching 16. I got in my car, and I saw him in a field. And so I took the little Plymouth Horizon with what little guts it had, And I headed into the mud, spurring mud up, and I caught up to him, and then I ran, and I caught him, and he wanted to be caught. He was running away so he could be caught. And I'll never forget what he said as he just fell down in the field, balled up, and he said, I do not know who my father is. That's what he said. I don't know who my father is. And I tried to tell him, God is a father of the fatherless, that you have a father And God is your father. I don't know what's happened to this young man to this day, but I sure hope it works out for him. It didn't work out legally where we could adopt him. The cry of Jeremiah is the timeless cry for a father. He said, we have become orphans without a father. We have become orphans. Where is the father of the universe and the timeless cry of spiritual orphans without God? For century, Jeremiah's cry became the universal and collective groan of the human race and the human family. And then the time came for God to answer the cry of humanity with the great adoption. You see, the only way to bring people into the family of God who were not chosen because of their birth, who were not chosen because they were sinless, they would have to be adopted into the family of God. 
And for centuries, Jeremiah's cry was unanswered until Jesus came. In Galatians 4, verse 4, it says, But when the time had fully come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. He's not talking about them. He says, so that we would be adopted. There is an orphan in all of us, and God has extended to us the great adoption. Just before he died, Jesus echoed the truth of Psalm 68, 5 in the Lord's promise. Let's look at the verse again. Psalm 68, 5, a father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. That's what he says. Now look what Jesus says, John 14, 1 and 2. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And then Philip, in the context, blurts out the question that we all ask at critical moments of life when we yearn for the Father of the universe. Jeremiah is right. There is an orphan in all of us. And so Philip says to him in verse 8, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Show us the Father, the Father we have never seen, the Father we have yearned for in our spiritual and religious need for Him. And then Jesus said, Philip, have I been with you so long and you do not know me? And then verse 9, He says, the one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? The gift of the Son of God, dear heart, is the gift of the Father God inside of Him. The Son is in the Father, and the Father is in the Son. And Jesus often called His disciples little children because Isaiah said He would be everlasting Father, not just the Prince of Peace. And just before His departure, Jesus promised every disciple these little children He had worked with in His ministry a future in the family of God, but not just a future, a present acceptance in the family of God. You see, there are no orphans in the family of God. There are no orphans because of the great adoption. In John 14, 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And after a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. And because I live, you will live also. So what does the Father do for those former orphans who have accepted Jesus as the Father deep inside? What does he do for them? More than Jesus comes to us in Jesus. Christ is the package that brings all of God to us. And through the Holy Spirit, the Father of the universe comes with Christ to be with us right here in our present situation. John 14, 23, Jesus answered him, If a man loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. In the context, he's not talking about the second coming. He's talking about right now. As we live in this world, we are not orphans. God is with us. In Jesus, the great adoption has occurred for the entire human race. The emancipation papers of the human race has been signed with the blood of the cross of Calvary, my favorite theologian says. We are no longer children without a father. We are the children of God through Jesus. And it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what life throws at you. And it doesn't matter what people do to you. In Jesus, the great adoption has occurred. At the cross... Christ talked directly with his father about you. And he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He was saying, Father, make them part of the family too. You're my father. They need a father. He was appealing to God to extend the great adoption. 
And at the tomb, Mary received the first words of Jesus to anyone after his closing prayer on the cross. And the whole universe was asking the question, is God able to adopt sinful human beings who accept Jesus and make them part of the family? I mean, can God bring them in and make them part of us? Mary was a woman of the night before she met Jesus who made her a daughter of the light. And here's what Jesus said in John 20, 17. Jesus said to her, Do not hold me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God, the great adoption. Mary told them that they are not all orphans, no orphans anymore. God is not someone to not know. God is a Father. The great adoption has transpired at the cross of Calvary. The emancipation of the human race and those who believe in Jesus are part of the family. Years later, John pondered these words given to Mary near the end of his life in his first pastoral epistle. Moved with awe and love for God, he proclaimed the eternal and timeless truth that Mary shared with him on the resurrection morning. Tell my brethren that I am ascending to my Father, your Father, my God, your God. And here's what he said. 1 John 3, 1 and 2. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Dear heart, at the heart of the gospel is the truth that God has reached out to you to become part of the family in Jesus. In Jesus, the Father is a friend. He is a Father, and you are part of the family. God is not some armchair deity sitting up there trying to wag his finger at you to keep you out of heaven. Have you ever felt that way? God is a Father who has reconciled sinners unto himself. Therefore, be reconciled unto him, Paul says. Be a prodigal no more, an orphan no more in your own mind. Let the truth of what Jesus has done transform the way you view yourself. And as you come to know that you have been called by election and faith and grace to be a child of God, make it your business to call other people. You see, the plan of salvation is not about you and your feelings. The plan of salvation is about the love of God that loved you so that you can love others. You see, we are not the end result of religion. It's not about whether or not you get a blessing when you come to church or not, or whether or not the church has treated you well or not, whether or not your needs are met or not. Dear heart, the purpose of church is to have the love of God heal you enough to where you can quit worrying about yourself all the time, and you can reach out to save the world that Christ has died to save. The love of God in us, pure and undefiled religion, is not a self-centered, mystical, spiritual growth. It is service for the lost. If you're busy for God, it's a good indicator you know God. So come to the Father who has a hearth for you and be a prodigal no more. The book of Revelation ends with a new Jerusalem, a new heavens, and a new earth. A world without sin and a world without end. Show us the Father, Philip said. Human history will one day end very soon. I mean, Christ is coming. Listen, we've been working for our church. I want a new church. How many of you want a new church? I'm going to tell you something may surprise you. We may never get that church. Because the mark of the beast may hit before we know it. We may lose the value of the U.S. dollar. We may be plunged in end-time events. So what are we here for? We're here to evangelize and reach out to our world for Jesus Christ before we have no world here in this place. 
Our purpose is not about us. It's about what God has called us to do. And dear heart, it means taking out the stops, taking the risks that have to happen. It means putting faith into action, and it means living on the edge if that's what God calls us to do because we don't have time to do anything other than this. I mean, we're not living in ordinary days. Every day I look at the television, I sense the news, I see dramatic steps occurring in our country. We just don't know what next year will bring or the following year. And I have friends who move about in the halls of power who are right here in this place, and they tell me that's what they're talking about. Dear heart, we are here for the work of God, no matter what it means to us personally. And let's bind our hearts in that kind of solidarity and not worry about the personal outcomes that we face. Because we have been placed here for the mission and call of Jesus Christ and nothing less than that. So the book of Revelation ends with the question restated, where is the Father? Human history will one day end very soon and there will be a thousand year millennium when the world rests and it's a desert wasteland until the renewal of all things. And there won't be anything here. The children of God will reign with God in heaven for a thousand years. And then something special will happen. Paul says, Jerusalem above is our mother and she is free. We will live in that heavenly Jerusalem for a thousand years. Revelation 20 verse 1 says, They came to life and reigned with God a thousand years. And then the old heavenly Jerusalem will leave the old heaven as an empty hole in space. The home of heaven will no longer be anything but a hauled out chunk of nothing because heaven will leave heaven. No longer will angels gather up there for counsel. No longer will heaven's choir sing its songs up there. No no longer will the throne of God and worship be found up there. Reaching Your Heart will continue with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a donor-supported ministry. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on the CLM Radio Network, on Sirius XM, and on WAVA in the Washington, D.C. area because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages are prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. If you've been blessed by our ministry, please go to the website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE, 888-244-4673. Let's get back to the broadcast now. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenka with more of today's Reaching Your Heart. Jerusalem above is our mother and she is free. And she will freely leave the place she has been for eons of time and perhaps beyond time. We don't know how it works. And she will become a new Jerusalem. Not the old heavenly Jerusalem, but a new Jerusalem that will somehow come down here and start all over again. Revelation 21 verse 1 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. It's not just the earth that's going to be transformed. It's the heavens too. War started in heaven. God will create a new heavens out of the great controversy. It says a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, The dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be with them. And then the voice of God is heard. 
when the old Jerusalem becomes new, when it comes down here, the voice of God is heard in the future calling us from the past to the new Jerusalem. And God says in Revelation 21, verse 6, And He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the fountain of the water of life without payment. And he who conquers shall have this heritage. I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Heritage means an inheritance. A heritage is the legacy you get and the reward you have when the past is gone. Everything we know one day will not be here anymore. And all that we achieve will mean nothing in the end without a heritage for the future. A heritage is that part of the past that becomes your inheritance for tomorrow. It's what you get here that lives on there. John said we are God's children now. We are members of the family of God through the great adoption. We are God's children now because of the cross of Calvary. This is the heritage that will be your inheritance for all eternity. God himself spoke it clearly. He who conquers shall have this heritage. I will be his God and he shall be my son. Psalm 68.5 has so much in it. A father of the orphans and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. There is an orphan in all of us, and God has adopted each of us. The great adoption is the heritage you will carry into eternity. It's the truth you receive here that becomes your inheritance there. There is an orphan in all of us, and in Jesus we have a forever father. In Jesus we have a forever father because of the great adoption. It is the will of God for the church to be a place for children who have no father or mother here. I came into the Seventh-day Adventist church. I came to Christ because of two godly people that adopted me after the death of my father, who put me through school, who allowed me to go to college, who made sure I could get married and even helped me out there. It was amazing. And when Reaching Hearts started, the lady that had led me through all my life died at the beginning of this ministry. And she wanted to live long enough to see the work of God established. It was an amazing thing. She died close to 100 years of age. She had a second lifetime because she adopted children in her old age. And she gave a legacy to the future. I wouldn't be an Adventist or a Christian or anything without this woman. And I look for her on the resurrection. If you come to my house, you'll see her picture on the mantle. Because that is my spiritual mother in the Lord. I have another mother that I love deeply, but she is the one that claim me for Jesus Christ. She never had any children, but she's had a lot of children. She's done this for probably 50 young people, made sure that they could get through school and come to God. There is an orphan in all of us. Do you get what I'm saying? Maybe you have a father, but you don't have a good relationship. God is your father. Maybe the church has failed you in your mind. God is your father. Maybe you have failed yourself, and maybe your life is one with guilty chapters. Dear heart, the gospel says God is your father. I mean, we come to a place of grace because we need it. The gospel mandate is the mandate of the great adoption. How can we do nothing for the children of the world who have nothing without God here? Now, we used to have in our Sabbath schools projects for reaching and working for kids and people overseas. You know, the Sabbath school program here should band together with Reaching Hearts for Kids to sponsor children so that those children can be sustained by parents and families here. 
I mean, I understand that since the economy has gone the way it is, that that's the part of Reaching Hearts for Kids that's suffering. It's the small sponsors that sponsor individual children that we need the most right now from this church family and others. Their hunger is our hunger. Their nakedness is our nakedness. Their ignorance is our need to educate. And their hopelessness is our commission to provide a home and a hearth. The church of Jesus Christ is the church that opens the door to the orphans and the outcast. The home of God here must always be the orphan's home wherever the church is found. The world has millions of children who need Jesus Christ. Reaching Hearts International means reaching out to make the orphans of the world children of God. It is perhaps the most important aspect of the evangelistic mission of this church because it fulfills the mandate of God and the great prophets of the Old Testament. It's what we must be about. Archaeology has brought to light the attitudes of the Roman world in the first century when the gospel of Jesus Christ created a religious and social revolution. I'm reading a letter from a Roman citizen written to his wife just before the birth of their child. And in those days, you didn't know if it was a boy or a girl until it was born. I mean, they didn't have ultrasound, so you had to wait. On ancient Roman parchment, a Roman citizen revealed the Roman sentiment toward the undesirables. He wrote this, quote, I am still in Alexandria. I beg and plead with you to take care of our little child, and as soon as we receive wages, I will send them to you. In the meantime, if good fortune to you, you give birth. If it is a boy, let it live. If it is a girl, expose it to death. It's an amazing statement. I mean, if it's a boy, let him live. If it's a girl, throw her on the trash heap. The dump heaps of the Roman world were special places of visitation by the early Christians. They were looking for the children that were thrown away. Edward Gibbon, his fall and decline of the Roman Empire, tells us that those early Christians who struggled for a living would visit the smelly trash heaps looking for little children that were crying on the trash heaps who were orphans by choice of their parents. And they would find them and they would feed them and they would save their lives. And when they found them, they adopted them into the family of God. They raised them in the church as the children of God. They taught them the scriptures, not philosophy and other stuff, the scriptures. And they introduced them to a father who welcomes the orphan. Many of these little children became the leaders of the church for centuries. And some suffered martyrdom for Jesus Christ. The heart of the early church was big enough for the unwanted orphans of the Roman world. Wherever the love of God deserved to go because of God's grace, the children of the world became the children of the church. Did you hear me? That's how the ancient church did it. It grew that way as well as through witnessing, perhaps that way the best, because there were thousands of children thrown away that way. How do you respond to the children of the world in the church today? How will you answer this question in light of the great adoption? Joseph adopted Jesus. Christ came to us because a man of God adopted Jesus into the line of David. And everyone who comes to Jesus adopts the children of the world within their sphere of influence the same way. And that is the truth that keeps the church on target. That's the truth that makes the heart right. That's the truth that tells God you have listened to the gospel. You see, when you make it your business to... Give to the orphan, to reach out to those who have nothing, to make your life an extension of God's love and grace. You have given evidence of the truth that deep inside you have accepted Jesus and you are part of the great adoption. Father God, thank you for the soldiers here and the soldiers around the world who work for you in the capacity they're given. 
Lord, there are some people here who work so hard, they're silly in terms of their energy. They're just tired. Father, we need every hand on board for the mission ahead of us. We cannot surrender anything that you've given us by grace. And Lord, I believe that if we fulfill the conditions of Scripture by coming together in humility and unity, putting self aside for the service that you've given us, the mission that is real here, that you will expand us when we have our new church or even if we don't. And Lord, help us not to worry about that part of it. We're here for a reason. And Lord, everyone I see out here this morning is special in your plan. Father, thank you that we came to Christ at the last hour of human history. May there be no spectators, but only gladiators in this place, I pray. And Father, give us love for each other. We fail each other at times. Give us humility to look beyond that. Lord, everyone here, I believe, wants to make a difference for you. Any kind of conflict that occurs here in that setting is people who want to serve Jesus trying to work it out in a family. We're a family. Lord, give us Christ. Give us peace. Give us loss of self and service for others. And thank you for Jesus, who was the great installment and the final gift of the great adoption. In Jesus' name. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. We so appreciate your contributions. And for a donation of any amount, we have a very special offer for you today. Have you ever wondered what happens five minutes after death? Do you long for the assurance of eternal life? Is there a longing in your heart for something beyond this life? Dark Tunnels and Bright Lights by Mark Finley is the message of hope you need. This book presents the real truth about life after death, and that truth is more amazing than you can imagine. Call for your copy today. Here's the information you need. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Your donations help us keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Call now. 888-244-HOPE. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.